We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Listening to the uncontested, coming at you with another post-game podcast after a wild, crazy, wacky, stupid, ridiculous, amazing game in Sacramento, where the Thunder beat the Kings 132-113. There's so many things that happened tonight that I'm not even really sure to begin. I'm somewhat certain that I could just sit here and put on some Kenny G in the background and like read through the stat sheet top to bottom for the next 20 minutes and we'd all have a great time because it's just the most absurd thing I've ever laid eyes on in my life. So we can do that, you know, light some candles, turn down the lights, let's make an evening of it. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, What I tried to do is there were so many crazy things that happened in the game. I tried to pick out five. Let's just take off a little bit at a time, uh, tackle what we can chew and try to get through this together. So, with that said, five crazy things that happened in the Thunder Kings game tonight. Number one, Russell Westbrook yelled, I'm too fast in De'Aaron Fox's face. This might be one of my favorite things that's happened all season. So, if you don't know the context, De'Aaron Fox was giving an interview. They asked uh, if he thought he was the fastest player in the league with the ball. He said, without a doubt. Uh, said he was faster than Russell Westbrook, said he was faster than John Wall, guys that are known to be ridiculously fast getting up and down the court. Well, there was a sequence tonight. Russell, on a fast break, had De'Aaron Fox backpedaling. He kind of faked left, went right, came back left, and took all, took De'Aaron Fox all the way to the hole, laid it in. Uh, De'Aaron Fox kind of looked like his feet were stuck in quicksand. And afterwards, Russ turns around and just screams, I'm too fast. And what I love about it from Russ is it's petty Russ. And Russ is at his best when he's petty Russ. 
I feel like we haven't seen a ton of petty rust lately. There's been a little bit of like overthinking rust and trying to facilitate rust. But tonight we got the beautiful, glorious petty rust, cannonball rust, reckless rust, let rust be rust, Russell Westbrook. His final stat line tonight, he finished with 19 points, 11 boards, 17 assists, 6 steals, a total of a plus 8 on the floor. The man was everywhere. He looked like everything that you want to see out of him. Still not incredible uh, shooting, but that's never been Russ. He was 8 of 19 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3. Uh, terrible two of seven from the line. At one point, he missed five straight. I don't know what's going on there. But overall, based on the the kind of few games that we've seen leading up to this from Russell Westbrook, what we saw tonight is what we want to see more of Russ moving forward. He was still facilitating. I mean, he got 17 assists. You can't argue with that. He was still setting up teammates, but he was being aggressive. He was driving to the basket. He was talking crap to De'Aaron Fox. And I want all of those things in my life from Russell Westbrook moving forward. So that's one. We got a long way to go. Number two, the second crazy thing that happened tonight is Paul George rocked the baby. This also goes up there with like one of my favorite things that's happened this season, I think. Paul George was straight cooking tonight. And in the fourth quarter alone, it literally seemed like everything he threw up wasn't going to miss. There was one play where he hit a turnaround uh, where I don't even know if he had enough time to like locate the basket, but it didn't didn't matter. He threw up the shot, it went in, and there was no doubt. Paul George finished with 43 points, uh, 12 rebounds, seven assists, a plus 29 on the floor, game high. I'm sure you're shocked by that. Four of eight from three, 15 of 27 from the floor, nine of 10 from the free throw line. I could go on. The man was unconscious. Uh, played absolutely out of his mind but the cherry on top was when he turned around and rocked the baby I think it I think it was leading into a king's timeout don't quote me on that but you could tell he was just feeling it the basket had to look 10 feet wide it was kind of like what he did late in the game against the Nets where he led that thunder comeback except he really kind of did it for the entire game tonight <laughs> Uh, PG's been on a heck of a hot streak lately. He's looked unstoppable. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a a forever kind of thing, but the streak has lasted long enough that makes me think this could be sustainable. And if so, then the rest of the NBA better watch out. The third crazy thing that happened tonight, Steven Adams goes 20 and 20. Steven Adams ended tonight with 20 points and 23 boards. Uh, He shot 8 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Uh, Nine of his 23 boards were on the offensive end. He was dominating the Kings. Now, granted, uh, the Kings were a little shorthanded. They didn't have Bagley tonight, uh, but I don't think Bagley could have stopped the domination that Steven Adams was putting forth in Sacramento He just looked like a man amongst boys. Again, kind of in the same vein as Paul George. He's just been on this massive hot streak lately. And it's looking like Steven Adams has kind of unlocked a new tier of potential that I don't even know that I knew was there. I always knew he was good. I always knew he was uh, worthy of the contract that he got a couple summers ago. But to be able to come out and drop 20 and 20 and really kind of make it look effortless, 
uh, I think is something that I, I wasn't fully aware that Steven Adams was capable of. Again, we'll see if this is, uh, you know, if we'll get another 20 and 20 game from him, those don't come around very often. But if, if this is uh, something that Steven Adams can, can achieve again, there's not many games that I expect the Thunder to lose where Steven Adams is putting in 20 and 20. The fourth crazy thing that happened, the Thunder, uh, the Thunder shot the ball well, which is pretty crazy considering what's happened the rest of the season. So overall for the evening, the Thunder shot 50% from the floor, 40% from three, uh, 63% from the line. But, you know, we'll, we'll let that slide given recent trends. But I think the, the stat that I saw, I think it was Brett Dawson that tweeted this. The Thunder shot 60.9% from the field in the fourth quarter. So if you didn't follow the game closely, the Thunder uh, went back and forth with the Kings in the first quarter. There was a ton of baskets made, threes being shot from all over the place, really kind of high stakes back and forth game in the first quarter. The second quarter, the Thunder came out and really extended extended their lead. They kind of created some separation. It looked like it was going to be potentially a Thunder blowout. They were up 19 at halftime. Well, then despite the fact that OKC has been really strong in third quarters this season, they came out and looked pretty flat. The Kings were on fire. Buddy Heald started lighting us up. The Kings started raining threes from all over the court. And before you know it, uh, it's a single digit game. So going into the fourth, this, this game was anything but wrapped up and the Thunder were going to have to be on top of their game. They're going to have to shut down all the three-point attempts that the Kings were getting. They're going to have to tighten up their interior defense, and they're going to have to start making more shots. The Thunder did all of that in the fourth, and that's why they won the game uh, 132 to 113. But that 60.9% shooting in the fourth, that's unbelievable. I could I could maybe handle that if it was like, okay, it was just a really slow, low-scoring quarter, and the Thunder put in, you know, 20 points or something like that. The, the Thunder scored 34 points in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't like they were just kind of choking out the clock. They were pushing the pace. It felt like there was 50 alley-oops in the fourth quarter. But beyond that, there was, there was uh, Paul George was reigning threes. Terrence Ferguson hit threes. Jeremy Grant was hitting. Russell Westbrook was attacking. Steven Adams was getting layups. It was just a masterful performance in how to put a game put a game away by the Thunder. And that's something we haven't always seen from this team this season. So it was very encouraging to see them uh, win the Kings, kind of cut it close and cut it down to nine points uh, late in this game. The Thunder were able to respond and really shut this thing down. I want to use this opportunity to talk about some of the other guys that we haven't really hit on yet. Uh, Like I said, there's so many crazy stats tonight. It's hard to hit everybody. Uh, Jeremy Grant has continued to score at an unbelievable clip. He put in 22 tonight, 9 of 11 from the floor, 2 of 2 from 3. Terrence Ferguson put in 14 points. He was 6 of 14 from the floor. He also had 3 rebounds. I thought Terrence Ferguson played some stellar defense tonight. If you've not been paying attention, Terrence Ferguson is probably one of OKC's best defenders and he's really doing a great job of filling in for that Andre Robertson void while he's hurt he's he's got incredible footwork and his ability to kind of shut down drives or potential drives and really make adjustments whenever it looks like he might get beat his ability to recover and shut that off is something that not many players in the NBA have especially guys who are that young he still makes mistakes, but considering what we saw from him earlier earlier in the season when everybody was ready to 
to ship him back to Australia. I think what we're seeing from Terrence Ferguson now cannot be understated how crucial it is for this team. Uh, I also want to hit on Alex Abrinas. Abrinas had nine points on three of seven from three. It's not uh, amazing numbers. It's not earth-shattering numbers. But considering kind of the lull that Abrinas has been going through lately, he's been a little bit cold. Other than when his grandma was in the peak and he knocked down eight threes, he's been a little bit uh, mediocre. So to see him come out and hit three threes, he had a couple big ones. My favorite sequence of the night was he came down, ran to the corner, missed a three, the Thunder get the offensive rebound. He immediately sprints to the other corner. His defender kind of fell asleep. And so Alex is wide open in the other corner and he drains it. What I love about that is it shows his resilience. He easily could have been defeated after the first three miss. You know, he's been going through a cold spell a little bit, but his hustle to break a baseline and get to the other side of the floor to find a wide open three. That's the kind of smart play that we need out of guys like Alex for this team to be successful. Another guy I want to call out is Nerlens Noel. He was a freaking stonewall on the inside tonight. He had three blocks. I feel like I say that every time I do a post-game podcast, and I feel like I say there were three huge blocks, and tonight was no different. He had a massive one on the French dude from the Kings. I think I called him the French Brosif on the Twitter account tonight, Le Bissier. He went up and just straight stonewalled him on a dunk attempt. Uh, it was it was a thing of beauty. If you didn't catch the game tonight, I highly suggest that you go back and catch that highlight. That covers some of the noteworthy performances that I'm choosing to lump into that bucket. Uh, the last thing I want to call out here, the last crazy thing that happened tonight, Tupat hit his 500th career three. The reason this is a crazy thing is Tupat's not been hitting very many threes lately. Uh, tonight he was only one of three. But that one uh, is is pretty good for him. I took a look back at his last 15 games. Tupac shooting 5 of 32 from 3. And in, in the short term, it's even worse than that. You look back at some of his recent game logs. It's 0 of 2, 1 of 2, 0 of 3, 0 of 1, 0 of 1, 0 of 1. It's not pretty. It's not what you want to see from Patrick Patterson. So while I'm not saying that tonight's 1 of 3 performance is going to turn things around, it's good for Tupat to get to celebrate a little milestone. Congrats on hitting 500 threes. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get that figured out and you can maybe hit like five in the future. That'd be great. So that covers uh, what I had planned for the, the bulk of the recap. Like I said, I feel like this podcast could be like six hours long. Um, <laughs> but there are so many crazy stat lines tonight, so I tried to limit myself. I do want to take some Twitter questions. You guys are awesome. You never let us down. Uh, You gave us some really good Twitter questions tonight, so I want to make sure I hit those. Uh, The first one, we had a couple people ask this question. So at VulgarKnight297, he asks, is Paul George the MVP? And at IamMrEccles asks, where do you rank PG in the MVP race? So I hit on this. PG is, is playing out of his mind. He's absolutely playing MVP caliber. Uh, he's going to have to sustain it. You know, this this kind of short uh, streak that we've been on, albeit somewhat sustained, uh, is going to have to go for a lot longer than mid-December for him to truly be in that MVP conversation, especially because there's a lot of other guys in that conversation right now. I think as far as where I would probably rank him in the race, I think Giannis is playing out of his mind. Giannis is probably my number one right now. Um, Joel Embiid's right there. Kawhi Leonard's playing great. I think you got to give LeBron a look 
for what he's done with the Lakers. I mean, nobody expected him to be this high in the Western Conference standings right now. At least I didn't. Um, but beyond that, I think I think Paul George is in the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, you don't. He's had so many forty-point games lately that I, I can't keep up. So I think if he continues this level of play, which I think he can, and the Thunder can continue to find success, then he's absolutely in that conversation come the end of the season. The next question comes from at Jay Grant's headband. He asks, what does this game say about this team, their ability to step up and beat, in my opinion, a good team without one of their most important players? Is this team a contender in your eyes? Jay Grant's headband, you bring up a great point that I didn't even cover in my five crazy things that happened, and that's that the Thunder did all this without a backup point guard, and arguably the best backup point guard in the league, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder and Felton were suspended for the altercation that happened during the Nuggets game. They left the bench, so they had to sit out tonight, So, and that was kind of a late notice, so the Thunder didn't really have a backup plan. So everything that happened tonight happened without a backup PG on the floor, um, Paul George handled a lot of uh, ball responsibilities, which I think led to his kind of incredible night tonight. But absolutely, to to win a game like this, especially against a Kings team that's already beaten you twice this season, uh, to do that without Dennis Schroeder, who's been consistently good for this team, I think that's excellent. And I think a big reason for that, aside from all the reasons we've covered already, is a little bit of that Russell Westbrook kind of getting back into his groove. He's been a bit rusty since he's come back. Um, I think I think if he can start to find his footing again and all the other pieces can continue to play well, like Jeremy Grant, like Steven Adams, like Nerlens Noel, like Dennis Schroeder, if Russell Westbrook can play like Russell Westbrook again, this team is absolutely a contender. I think it was the Zach Lowe podcast. He was talking about the Thunder being the second best team in the West. And I think that makes me nervous to make that uh, that uh, claim. But, you know, he might not be wrong. And I think come the end of the season, if this team continues to gel, continues to grow, I think that that could be a a very realistic conversation that we're having at the end of the season. Next question comes from at PHF3. Says, how about the sneaky good 22 from Grant and 14 from Tiford tonight? Hit on this a little bit a second ago, but I think those, those role players for the Thunder, especially Jeremy Grant, He's solidified himself as a legitimate starting four in the Western Conference, which has a lot of solid starting fours. Uh, if he can continue to to shoot at the rate that he's shooting, he's not the number one three-point shooter on the Thunder anymore. That honor belongs to Paul George, but he is number two. So he's one of the best shooters on the Thunder, but he's also an excellent defender. He draws a charge or two every game. It seems like he gets a block. He's a decent rebounder. But that scoring burst, and, and really it's it's his decision-making and body control that he's continued to improve year after year. He's taken such great strides in that area. And then, like I mentioned, T-Ferg, his defense has been incredible for most of the season, but his scoring outputs have really started to kind of be on the rise. He looks a lot more confident on the offensive end. I think when people were, were really frustrated with T-Ferg at the beginning of the season, he looked really passive. He almost looked scared of the ball. Kind of like like how I looked in middle school basketball. It was like, I'm going to be on the court, but I don't really want you to pass me the ball. Like I'm going to kind of stand over here and try to stay out of the way. That's kind of what T-Ferg looked like at the beginning, beginning of the season. But when you watch the highlights tonight, 
he catches that ball and it goes up like Clay Thompson fast. Like it's it's incredible the change that he's made in his game and and he's scoring. Uh, he he put in two threes tonight. He was two of six, but the two threes he hit, he shot them with confidence. He shot them quick. And they were good looks. And if he can continue to do that, whether or not Robertson comes back healthy for the end of this season, I think T Ferg is a highly valuable two guard for this team. One more Twitter question tonight uh, from, I don't even know how to say your, your uh, handle at G J J five, three, one, six, seven, Oh, eight, one. How about buddy healed though? I, you got to give it up to buddy. Buddy was in fuego. It looked like, Oh, you sooner buddy healed out there. He was seven of 14 from three, 37 points, six boards. Uh, he was lighting up the thunder. Absolutely. Uh, he was, he, he was taking any and everything he wanted threes from all over the court, a uh, couple heat checks for sure. But he definitely looked like he was in that groove that we saw him do so many times down in Norman. I will say this though. It did seem like whenever T Ferg was guarding him, he wasn't quite in as much of a groove as he was when other players were guarding him. I know he made Diallo look like a rookie a couple times. Um, he, 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 he had his way with a handful of people tonight, but whenever Ferguson was guarding him, I thought Ferguson did a pretty solid job, you know, as solid as you can be while still giving up seven threes and 37 points. Thankfully though, the Thunder come out on top, like I mentioned, 132 to 113, a really good win over a solid Kings team, a Kings team that had already beaten the Thunder twice. So you'll take that every day of the week, uh, especially against an interconference opponent. Coming up next for the Thunder, they play at home against the Jazz on the 22nd, and then they turn right around on the second night of a back-to-back to play the Minnesota Timberwolves for the first time this season. That'll be a tough test for the Thunder leading into that Christmas Day matchup against the Houston Rockets. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for interacting with us. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. If you like what we're putting out there, please give us a review. Subscribe. Uh, We love the five-star reviews. We love all your interactions with us on Twitter. The reviews you leave us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcasts. We really appreciate you taking the time to interact with us. I'm Justin. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at OKC Tracker. We'll be back again with another post-game podcast on Saturday night after the game against the Jazz. Thunder up. builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America and the more you do with 5G the more building it right matters the more your network matters the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters it's us pushing us it's Verizon versus Verizon 5G built right from America's most reliable network most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 US report of three mobile networks results may vary award is not an endorsement